Good morning, my friends. The Lord be with you. Thank you. What an amazing day that we have to gather together and to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I give thanks for each person that is in this space worshiping this morning. And I give thanks for each and every one of you who are streaming in online with us as well. What a joy it is to come together and give praise and thanks to God. I have a few announcements I would like to draw everyone's attention to. Believe it or not, Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So we are heading right into the uh, Lenten season. And this year we are doing a pre-recorded Ash Wednesday service with our friends from St. Timothy and St. Paul's. So that service will be made available at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Um, if you wish, you have a couple options for ashes. Uh, we will be available all day on Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you care to drive by and give a double honk, and we will run out and do a quick little ashing with you in your car. We'll make sure that we do it uh, properly and safely. Or, if you wish, we also have ashes to go this morning. <laughs> believe it or not, but we do have, uh, our ushers have a couple baskets in the back of little to-go cups filled with ashes, because there will be a time in the service on Wednesday for you to do uh, your own ashing or ashing with those in your, in your household. So, love COVID, don't we? Uh, yeah, I heard a groan. Yes, we are groaning over, uh, <laughs> over COVID. So also our uh, next conversation with White Fragility is coming up on February 25th. Uh, we still welcome anyone that wishes to join in on the conversation. I do have an extra copy hanging out in my office if you, anyone would like to pick that up today. And we have a blood drive scheduled here on Saturday, March 6th. We are very excited that the Red Cross uh, has approved our location as a safe place for people to give blood. So if you are eligible to donate, we ask that you do, and you can sign up. It's appointment only, as is with all Red Cross blood donations right now. But we are very excited that we get to host that again in spite of the pandemic. So there are plenty of other things to take a look at in your bulletin. But I'd also like to now draw your attention to those in our congregation who are in need of prayer. Barry Blummel is undergoing a surgery tomorrow, so we're going to keep him in our prayers. Uh, Rose Eikhoff this past week had a heart ablation done on Friday, and I know that she is doing really well. Jerry Gibbons continues to recover from his procedure. He had his second surgery, and now he's got uh, kind of an interesting battery pack that is installed in his body that will help with the, the tremors that he's been experiencing. So he is coming along well, and we are grateful for that. Bill McIntyre, after having a heart surgery and a stroke, is now in inpatient rehab at, in, in St. Joe's in Chelsea. And we also have uh, Michaela Whitlock has been in the hospital since Tuesday. Uh, she has been unable to walk since Monday. So um, they are addressing multiple issues, and... Uh, getting down to the source of her issue. So we are going to continue to keep Michaela and the entire uh, Whitlock-Bullman family in our prayers. Also, on that note, we still have a lot of our Michaela Strong bracelets that the amazing Abby Bennett made for her back in April. 
and there is a basket in the narthex if you all wish to grab one of these bracelets as a reminder to keep Michaela in your prayers in the coming week. And we continue to hold in prayer the Barry Shaver family as Michelle Barry lost her stepmother Patricia and Mike lost his cousin Kay. And it is with joy that we get to announce the birth of Regan James Grennan. She was born on Tuesday, and she is the daughter of Laura and Jim Grennan, the granddaughter of Joyce and Don Gunderson, and the niece of our own Miss Pam, Pam Gunderson, and soon-to-be new members, Julie and Nick Timmerman. So we are celebrating with that family this week. And as we pray our way through the congregation, our four families this week are the Kleinard, the Hawking, the Kessler, and the Sather families. With that, let us worship God. Good morning. Please stand as you are able and join me in this morning's call to worship as printed in your bulletin. If you are worshiping with us online, your responses will be on your screen. God abounds in steadfast love and faithfulness from one generation to the next. 
we have gathered to hear the story of God and God's people. It is a story of God's mercy and steadfast love. It is our story. Inspire us, O oh God, to faithfulness, to mercy, to steadfast love. Let us worship God.
join me in the call to confession. God's love for us is steadfast and true. It never fails. Therefore, let us say together our prayer of confession. Gracious God, give us generous hearts to acknowledge you as our giver and the source of life. Instill in us grateful hearts to serve others without counting the cost. Forgive us from our selfish motives when we give expecting something in return. Crack open our hearts to love as you love. Open our hands to give you our time, skills, talents, and finances. Equip us through your Holy Spirit to be your church, your people, who inspire the generations who come after us to be your disciples. Amen. We are loved. We are, we are redeemed. Steeped in God's grace. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Joshua. And Joshua was one of Moses's right-hand guys. And he was the one that eventually led the Israelites into the promised land after Moses had passed away. And that's where this morning's scripture picks up is just as the Israelites are crossing into the promised land. So hear now God's word for you this morning. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up Gilgal, the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord knew what he had seen when he dried it up before us until we crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Joyful song. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. next reading is Psalm 100, which has been given the title of A Song for Giving Grateful Praise. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. that are going to be sharing their story with us today. I'm really excited to tell you that I've had a little uh, chance to view the video before you see it. Uh, three special people in the life of Rosedale Gardens. Guy Runyon is going to be sharing with us today. Emma, Emma Seymour is going to be sharing with us and Tracy Conrad. Three individuals who are sharing about what it means to have this church be a part of their life in so many ways. How appropriate that it's Valentine's Day today. Happy Valentine's Day. Appropriate because today is really all about a love story. I know when people see endowment, they don't necessarily correlate endowment with love story, but you're about to see why for the love of these three people that they have for this community of faith from generation to generation. And so as we now listen to their story of what it means to be part of Rosedale to them, let us think about our own memories and our own wonderful uh, experiences that we continue to share as a faith community. And that goes for all of our viewers online today too. Isn't it amazing that God is all powerful as we heard in Psalm 100, that only God 
could bring us together, even though we're apart, and that the love that God has for us has been in this place since we first broke ground 93 years ago. Love of God and others is the foundation of the Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church, and today we praise God for it. Uh, hello there. I'm Tracy Conrad, Tracy Thomas Conrad, um, and I am a member, a longtime member of Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church. My parents started coming here when I was 10 years old, and um, we had previously belonged to Garden City Presbyterian Church, and my parents were choir directors there, so when they gave up that job. Um, my parents were friends with the choir director here and we decided to start coming here. And I feel like I had a wonderful childhood growing up here at Rosedale. My parents had wonderful friends in the choir and um, I joined the, the choir. My brother joined the choir. Um, I joined the handbell choir as a 10 year old, which um, was something I had never done and I just absolutely loved it. Um, and as the years went on, it became more and more a passion of mine. Um, my brother was not old enough when, he when we came here, but he later joined the bells also. Um, had great friendships here, one, one of the one, one of the things I loved about coming to Rosedale was that many of my school friends went to Rosedale also. Um, and so that was a wonderful, wonderful time for me. The music was a very big part of my life. And um, so, and it has since continued. I grew up here, stayed here, went away to college for four and a half years and came back. Um, I was away for, well, I was away for a year teaching in Blissfield down near the Ohio border. And um, I also took a little stint. I was a choir director at a Methodist church, interim choir director at a Methodist church in Dearborn. And um, also I, when I was working on my master's degree, my voice teacher was a member of the choir down at Old Mariner's Church. So I spent a year singing with that choir and um, gaining lots of rich musical history and, and experience. Um, the services were not as warm, I guess, down at Mariner's. But, um, and I missed, the, the, I loved the music I was doing at Mariner's, but I missed Rosedale so badly the whole time I was there. Um, I also was involved with the musicals starting at age 12 and did all of them through my senior year in high school, obviously took a hiatus during college and as an adult, I was in many of them, but sometimes things got in the way, like children. And um, 
jobs and whatnot. And, um, but that was also a wonderful memory of mine. Um, there, um, as I've gone through the years, I've, I've had some major difficulties in my life. And I've always felt like Rosedale was sort of a lifeline for me. Um, I had so many dear, dear friends. I mean, my parents had a wealth of dear friends and they were friends to me also. They were like second parents to me. And so going through these hard times, I always felt like I had somebody here to, you know, who was also looking out for me. And um, I was married here in this church and my children were baptized in this church, which I was so grateful for. It's like, oh, I'm so glad I belong to this church because my children are gonna grow up with the same kinds of experiences that I grew up with. I, um, but um, unfortunately, I, I went through a divorce while I was here and um, I felt, again, I felt like the church saved me. I had um, a great connection with Reverend Rick Peters and Reverend Ruth Billington, and they were great helps to me. And also the, the family-like atmosphere, again, and um, so, and I've turned, you know, I, I, I feel like Rosedale has created, created my faith, helped with my faith, um, because I've had such wonderful mentors and um, pastors and, and just, um, you know, wonderful experiences here. I've always felt, you know, that I could go to Rosedale. And even now, so many of my dear, dear friends from the past are gone. And, um, but I still feel like it's a family atmosphere. And um, so I get great comfort in hearing the sermons. And, um, you know, every Sunday, whether I'm here or whether I'm online, um, so I, that, and so often, you know, something that is said during the sermon will touch me and connect with something that I'm going through in a particular week. And so it's just, it's like my comfort place here at Rosedale. Um, also, um, I, like I said, I've been a member of the choir since I was 10 years old. And as when I finished college and came back home, I joined the chancel choir. I was like, ooh, I'm finally there, you know, and um, just have done such wonderful, wonderful music in the chancel choir. And the mute, somehow, I guess being a musician, um, I feel like praising God through music is the best way to do it. 
<laughs> and so the choir has always just filled my soul. And that has been what I have missed most during this pandemic, even though um, our choir was much smaller recently than you know, what I was accustomed to in the past. It was just, we still sang wonderful music and just the camaraderie of being there and, you know, hearing other voices around you. Yeah, I, I get a kick out of singing a solo now and then, but um, just being together with other people making music um, just really does fill my soul, especially if it's music for God. And um, so I look forward to being able to do that again someday. <laughs> um, but I um, have, you know, it's, it's just been like a home. I have recently joined the Bible study for the first time because I didn't have time when I was working. And I'm getting to know people that I knew who they were, but they, they, you know, were just somebody in the congregation to me. I'm loving that. And, and the fact that we're on Zoom is, is great because I can see their faces and it's like, so my, I feel like my life is not quite so isolated. Um, and, uh, so, um, I've done that. I've been a part of the, um, White Fragility book study, which has been very interesting to me. I've really enjoyed that, getting to know new people in that as well. And um, so, um, and going back to my children, they, they had a wonderful upbringing here. They were in the choirs and in the bells, and they, um, were part of the youth group, had wonderful experiences in the youth group. And um, so I can't think of any place else I'd rather be than right here at Rosedale. My faith is tied to it, my life is tied to it. And um, I'm so grateful for the pastors and everyone else here for filling my life so much. Good morning. I'm Guy Runyon. I've been in this church now for nearly 57 years. Betty and I moved out to Livonia from uh, Detroit in 1964. And we attended our church in Detroit for about two and a half years. And then we decided that why should we be traveling all that way when there's a church within walking distance? So. We knew people here. Bill and Sue Trish invited us to come to Rosedale, and that's all it took. I remember that one Sunday we were sitting in the pew and uh, singing the hymn, and Ruth Hobb reached across and touched Betty, said, I'll pick you up for a choir practice on Thursday night. And that was the start of our involvement here at Rosedale. It wasn't long after we joined in June, in June of 67, Bill Lovick, some of you remember Bill, came to our house and he was there obviously to see if he could get someone to teach Sunday school. 
and it was pretty obvious that he wasn't going to leave until I said yes. Because about 10.30, I, I finally succumbed and uh, said, okay, I'll teach Sunday school. I started out in the sixth grade, and the teaching there with Howard Dickey and Dixie Elam and Betty Yates, and in down in Fellowship Hall when we had these little portable partitions that we made up classrooms. And then I, sometime later, spent a couple years as superintendent, and then I, what I feel like it was a promotion, I got promoted to the three and four year old classroom. And we had a wonderful time with those children and Nancy Fife and I and Vicki Smith. And that was wonderful. And it, and it was, I was teaching children and grandchildren of the sixth graders I started out with, which I thought was really neat. Um, one Sunday, Nancy and I were honored for having put in 90 years of Sunday school teaching. She 50, me 40. And then I retired about seven years later. So Nancy has had a lot of years and I, it's remarkable the number of years she's put in here. So beyond Sunday school, there were the uh, couples club, sociables, uh, volleyball team, uh, softball team. It, we, the, the elders even challenged the youth group to a basketball game up at uh, St. Mike's. And as I recall, we may have gotten beaten in that game, but then we, we uh, challenged them to a volleyball game, which was our game. So I think we won that game. So there's just been a lot of fun times going on here at Rosedale. One of the uh, more entertaining and possibly the uh, a nice thing that we've done here too is the men's club. I remember that first meeting we had maybe 40 men in the fellowship hall and we decided that we needed a men's club. Men's clubs at Rosedale had not been too successful and uh, kind of withered out after three or four years. But this time it endured and uh, we, we have been going now for about 25 years. And Fred and Eldon and uh, myself it seemed like we had a uh, been appointed to the Supreme Court because we were just, there's nobody else that wanted to take over. So we served there for 20, 21 years. But now the young men have taken over and I think it's gonna be, they've got some really good ideas and and it's looking good. Uh, Penn's Club is it, it's on the rise. So. I'm pleased and uh, we hopefully that will continue. And I think the relationships that we've developed with friends and uh, ministers and uh, it's just been wonderful. Uh, I was honored to be on the PNC committee that brought Rick Peters here and that started our what I think is our outreach, really, our outreach. We've always had the youth group uh, 
caravans going out and doing their fantastic work at different places. But Rick got the adults going. And, and now with what's happening here with Kelly is just outstanding with the police and fire department and all the things that we're doing here. And it's a wonderful place to be. So I just think of the times that uh, we've enjoyed here and, uh, and the relationships that we've developed, the friends we have, most of them, practically all of our friends are here. And I have to say that a lot of that friendship was developed during those Broadway shows we did with Kelly or with um, Martha Kuykendall and the work we put into that, how we would start in January and hopefully you have a performance by the end of February and all the work that we had to put into that and the camaraderie that developed there. And some of those lines in the Broadway shows still show up when we see one another in the, uh, in the halls of Rosedale. So I just have to say that the relationships and the opportunities to serve and uh, the camaraderie that we have here is what it means a lot to our family. Uh, I should have said too that our, our daughters grew up here in Sunday school and in youth group participated in the caravans. So our whole family has been involved and uh, and taken leadership roles in, in the church. So I'm proud of that. So in these tough times that we're experiencing in this country, it's just a safe place and a place to come and feel at peace and at rest with our family, church family. So, and since this is Endowment Sunday, I'd like to put a plug in for the endowment. We want this church to be here for years and years and years. So the endowment fund is important and I urge everyone to participate in the endowment fund, whether it's by contribution or insurance policies or ever how you want to contribute, but that's important to this church. And I thank you for this opportunity to speak. Hi, my name is Emma Seymour, and I am a third generation Rosedale Gardens member. Um, I was baptized here, and I would say I had the full Rosedale Gardens experience growing up. Nina and I attended Sunday school. I was a part of the chime and bell choir. I attended youth group all the way from middle school through high school up until young adult. I got married here in 2016, and I recently had a baby back in June, Beckham, who I hope to get baptized here very soon. When asked what Rosedale Gardens means to me, the word that comes to mind is comfort, and that is for quite a few reasons. One reason being growing up, my parents always made Sunday a priority, um, going to Bells and then Sunday school, youth group, and then out to lunch afterwards. And so no matter what the week brought me, I always could count on Sundays in our traditions and that brought a lot of comfort to me growing up. 
Another thing that brought me comfort was I was fortunate enough that both my mom and dad's side of the families also attend Rosedale. And so every Sunday I could count on seeing my grandparents, aunts and uncles and spending quality time with my cousins in Sunday school and youth group. And again, being able to spend that quality time with family is so, so comforting. Um, leading into that, when my cousin passed away, Stefan, about five years ago, obviously it was a tremendously hard time for my family and just the love and support that we received from our Rosedale Gardens family was more than we could ever imagined and we are so thankful for that. And then most recently, when I had my son in June, amidst a global pandemic, obviously was very scary and the amount of people that reached out, sent cards and well wishes was just so comforting during a very exciting but also scary time. Uh, the reason I am sitting here in the youth hall, because when I think of the church and the comfort it brings me, a lot of it stemmed from this place here. I knew, like I mentioned, no matter what my week looked like, I could count on being welcomed into this room with a smile and greeted by name. And I just felt confident in this space because I knew I was accepted for who I was and what I believed in. Um, this room here taught me the morals that I have continued throughout my entire life and continue to uh, live by. And that's what it means to be godlike and treat others the way you want to be treated, having empathy, forgiveness, all those building blocks in life I, I learned in this space. And for that, I am so thankful. Um, I so grateful for the past that I've had here at Rosedale and I look forward to raising the fourth generation of my family here and giving you know them the experience that I got and was so fortunate to have growing up so I love Rosedale amazing stories when I see folks tell me about Rosedale, here's what I think of. It is one thing to have someone in your life and another thing to have a share in their story. And so I think that truly is an amazing thing about being a part of this community of faith. We come, we come together, no matter what happens in this world, good, bad, or otherwise, we know that when we step into this place or when we tune in online, we know that Christ will meet us here and that we have one another to rely on. Uh, so much is inspiring about their story. So much is inspiring about your story. Even if you think it isn't, know that the stories that you share from your own life, watching you serve, watching you make uh, Jesus Christ a priority is an amazing thing. And together, all of us, are the church. We are being the church. I like the passage in Joshua. Of course, who would ever want to follow Moses? Like, wow. And so Joshua arises, and notice Moses, after leading the people out of Egypt, he never steps foot in the promised land. But who does? Joshua. Because Joshua was being raised to get ready for that next generation who would lead them the ties back to the Red Sea, and then the Jordan River, and then the Promised Land. And it was a new generation provided for by the generation that came behind them. 
So one of the things I love about this sanctuary are all the plaques on the wall. And on every plaque is the name of someone who is here in this place, who made this place what it is. And so when we talk about Joshua and the 12 stones, I think about the stones that make up that wall and how every stone has a name and every name has a life and every life visioned that we would be a church today long before they would ever see it. And so now it is up to us to make sure that this story continues. So I too, like Mr. Guy, Mr. God, known by lots of three and four-year-olds through the generations, I would like to encourage you to give to the endowment fund to plant those seeds of faith that we can continue for the next 93 years and the 93 years after that because nothing is impossible for God. Amen. At this time, we have the privilege to offer not only ourselves but our gifts and through our morning offering. And so one of the things that we want to do through our new video technology is to show you like the stories that you saw this morning, really what it means and where your money goes and to the ministries that were named today. And truly, every dollar that comes into this place goes back out into the ministry of this congregation. For every dollar that we have, we're committed to using part of it for mission and part of it for the operations of the life of this church. And so indeed, together, we are unstoppable because we are part of God's love story. Let us receive our morning offering.
praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, let us now turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, as your kingdom people, we humbly offer up to you today the best of our lives and labors. Sometimes our gifts feel as small as a mustard seed. Yet in faith, we know that when we place these gifts into your hands, you turn them into something larger than we could ever imagine. Grow these gifts of ours, Lord, as you see fit. God of extravagant love, we pray to you this day with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts for all that you are, a God of mercy, grace, sovereign power, matchless love, and so many other things for which there simply are no words. A lifetime is simply not long enough to fully grasp the depth of your love for us, and we are grateful for a lifetime of being able to worship and praise you both in this life and the next. God of the generations, your promises to all your people since the beginning of time have never failed, and we bear witness this day to all you have done in the midst of our individual lives, as well as in the lives of this congregation. We thank you for those who have invested their time and money into this small portion of your kingdom called Rosedale, so that we may continue to be a mission station, a place of service a place of comfort and healing, a source of joy, a place for discipleship and spiritual growth. Help us, holy God, to continue to remain mindful of you and your leading as we seek to invest all of our talents into being a community that continues to share the good news of your son, Jesus Christ, for many generations to come. God of this community, we pray for all of those who continue to undergo tests and procedures, for those recovering at home, for those in rehabilitation. We pray for all of those on our list of extended family and friends, though we may not know specifically what to pray for. We pray in confidence, knowing that you know each of them intimately and are responding to their every need. We pray for your healing touch to be upon Barry, Rose, Jerry, Bill, and Michaela. We pray for comfort for the Barry Shaver families. We give you thanks for new life as we celebrate this day, the arrival of Reagan. Continue to bless her, Lord, as she has already been a blessing to others. And may she grow surrounded in the understanding of your great love. And we give you thanks this day for the Kleinard, Hawking, Kessler, and Sather families. May they each know the power of your love, and may their homes be filled with peace and joy. This day and always, Heavenly Lord, we are your grateful people, humbled by your love and grace and mercy. Guide us all through your teachings of how to be faithful disciples, faithful to you and to one another. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'm Chip Hardwick. I am the Interim Executive of the Synod of the Covenant. The Synod of the Covenant includes the 700 churches and more than 100,000 Presbyterians who live in Ohio and Michigan. And so on their behalf, I want to thank you for welcoming me to this Endowment Sunday 
service. I was so glad when Kelly reached out to me to ask me to join you all, and I'm glad to be here, and I look forward to being with you in person sometime. I love that you chose as the very first words you said in the service together from the call to worship, you said together, God abounds in steadfast love from one generation to the next. God abounds in steadfast love from one generation to the next. That is the good news of the gospel, and it comes to us from Psalm 100, verse 5. And I want to give you a second just now to think about the ways that God's steadfast love has abounded to you. If you're watching on a computer or on a phone where you can put something in the chat, I would invite you to do that. Otherwise, just if you're with somebody else, maybe mention to the person you're with how it is that you have experienced God's abounding love for you. If you're by yourself, just take a second and think about that. How has God's abounding love been made clear to you? When I think about God's abounding love, I wish that I could hear what some of the things that you were thinking of. I'll tell you some of the things that I was thinking of. Um, I, I'm a minister, you know, so I think about God all the time. And I was thinking about how God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit show us this abounding love. How God, who created us and who chose the people of Israel and of all the people of the world, and who continues to create us and who sends us out into the world, that God the Father has loved us so abundantly, and how Jesus, his Son, how abundantly Jesus has loved us, how he teaches us, how he forgives us, how he heals us, how he loves us, how he saves us. And this Holy Spirit who accompanies us and who challenges us, who stretches us, and who equips us for ministry, that we experience all these kinds of love. You mentioned that you would experience God's love in your family or maybe in your workplace. Maybe you've experienced God's love throughout your friends or maybe when you think back at your time in college or maybe a specific time in your life when you felt particularly surrounded by people who loved you. You might also have thought about your church. I was thinking about a church where I first served as a senior pastor, maybe it's been 15 years ago now, and I was coming out of school. Um, I didn't know what it meant to be a senior pastor. I didn't know I'd never led a session meeting before. I had never preached a Christmas Eve sermon before. I'd never preached on Easter before. I had so much to learn. This was the church called Second Presbyterian Church in Bloomington, Illinois. So right there in the center of Illinois. And I did not really have the slightest idea what I was doing. And that church loved me. That church showed me how and what it meant for God's love to abound over me. They were patient, they were kind, they were helpful. I felt the Holy Spirit stretching me through them and equipping me through them. You know, when we feel stretched and equipped and God's love comes over us, it's just natural that we give thanks. My favorite theologian, Karl Barth, says that grace and gratitude go together like the ocean and a shore, like the voice and an echo, that grace and gratitude go together like Sonny and Cher and Will and Grace and Mumford and, well, he didn't say any of those, but he did talk about the voice 
and an echo and the ocean and the shore. And he said, if God is a God of grace, God who abounds in love for us, then we are a people of gratitude. And so part of my gratitude back to the church where I served that church in Bloomington, Illinois, was of course I gave the operating fund and then I had a chance to give the building fund. But not long after I left, I was surprised to receive a modest inheritance from my favorite aunt. And so from that inheritance, I was able to give a gift to the endowment of Second Press of that church in Bloomington out of gratitude for all that church had done for me, the way it has shaped me as a Christian and as a pastor. And so I gave to the endowment because I felt like the, the gifts to the operating fund really are gifts for the church today. The building fund is a gift for a church for decades, but endowment really is a gift from generation to generation, just as Psalm 100 verse five says that I read a few minutes ago, that with these endowment gifts, we are sustaining the church that we love into the future again and again. And again, there's a small payoff from those gifts today, but the endowments just go on from generation to generation to generation. And I wanted to invest in that church in Illinois like that. And I hope you will invest in your church like that too. I love the, the ways that the endowment committee has encouraged you to think about giving, whether it's through your will or a living trust, giving your age on your birthday, that seems like a great idea. Um, you could take a life insurance policy out for the church or make them the, the designee for your retirement plan or your IRA, or you could consider a charitable remainder annuity trust. Those are all great ways to think about supporting your church through the endowment, and I hope you will consider every one of them because I hope in your lives you can see how your church has helped God's abounding love come true to you, and that as a person of gratitude, you will indeed show thanks to God by a gift to your endowment. Again, I'm so grateful to have had a chance to share with you, and I wish you and your congregation all God's blessings, both now and from generation to generation to generation. Amen. I am grateful for Chip's enthusiasm about endowment. He is a wonderful, wonderful pastor and friend. And so I leave you now with his enthusiasm, with the love of God and the grace of God that abounds in every single one of us. And I ask, too, that you remember always to keep this place and the ministry in your prayers, as we know that we could not be church without you. And so how indeed blessed are we to be a part of this place and this people. So as you go into this day, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Amen.